Our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner. Today, I have with me Vanessa Emerson. I know that many people know Vanessa, and she is such a light in our industry. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to spending time with you, Kelly. Yes. It, you guys, I always love to tell stories. I was connected with Vanessa. I mean, gosh, I think that we decided that we probably ran into each other at some point. You guys know how those things are. We always talk about like bumping into shoulders at conferences. And then one of my friends, Allison LeCousier said, you've got to talk to Vanessa. And Vanessa and I just hit it off because I think we share a common interest of loving on people. <laughs> we really do. So Vanessa, the question that I always love to start with is, Tell us why dentistry and why it chose you. Some Sometimes it just chooses us. Why did it choose you? Oh, 100% it chose me. Never in a million years would I have pictured I'd work in dentistry. I just was not not even on my radar. You know, what happened for me was that um, I had worked in medical for many years and had been an office manager for a general surgeon. And when he retired for the second time, when he was near 70, because he retired once and he always liked to say his wife kicked him out of the kitchen and he went back to work. <laughs> um, I was pretty sure he wasn't going to come back to work again, though. <laughs> if he were still, I'd be working with him because he's such an incredible, incredible man. But then I was looking for a job, and this was back in 2001, so over 20 years ago, back in the day when we still looked for jobs in the newspaper. And so I found um, an ad for someone seeking an office manager for a speaker and consultant in dentistry, and I had no idea what that meant. But I applied, and I was was interviewing right then to be a um, practice manager for a, a surgical center. Um, which would have been in my same line of work. But the moment that Catherine Itell Belt opened her door, I was like, there's something here for me. And the rest is history. I mean, I just, she's incredible. I'm sure many of your listeners know our, our Catherine Itell Belt. And I was honored to be able to work in her office for about a dozen years with her. And we still are close friends and do a lot together. Oh, she's amazing. I have um, trained with her and she is just a- an, an amazing communicator, connector, um, and, and can pull together the room in a moment. It, it's it's awesome to experience her, right? Agreed. I, I felt really honored, and I do feel like um, dentistry kind of chose me by connecting me with someone that I would have such a deep connection with to start with that I thought, oh, I, there's something here I want to explore this more. And um, 
I, I'm so grateful because I think dentistry is where it's at. I often say that this is where it's at. This is like, this is where all the best stuff is going on. These are the I totally agree. people. <laughs> yeah. You talk to so many people who are in, um, well, who've come from other industries and into dentistry. And they always say, once people come into dentistry, you know, sales or corporate, they don't leave because it's no. such an amazing profession. And it just really the, people, the people who are here. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, for me, it's really 100% the people um, and their passion for helping their patients. is just inspiring. Yeah. And I don't see that as much in medical. In my experience in medical, I just didn't see that as much. Um, and so it's been, it's been cool. Yeah. It's, it's the connection and how connected we are. I'm sure that medicine has its connections, but I feel like oh, we're... Sure. We're such a tight knit group in dentistry. I mean, it's truly seven degrees of Kevin Bacon within within our industry. It's like someone that you know is going to know at least five other people immediately. Yeah. But um, so then you you worked with Catherine, and then tell us about your journey after that. I did because uh, a couple of years into it, we were finding success with her getting having more speaking engagements and also um, attracting more um, consulting clients. And that, you know, I have to say a whole lot of that is because she's amazing. <laughs> but we did figure out some things about the marketing, and so her colleagues took notice and asked, "Well, what are you guys doing?" And that's really how it all began. Is that um, I would hop. She asked me if I'd hop on the phone and explain to. One at a time, a couple of her colleagues, like, here's how you, here's how you um, work with a meeting planner. Here's what we tried. Here's what we found worked. Here's what it looks like. And they all encouraged me, you know, you really should coach. You should really create materials. You should. So like they were the wind beneath my wings. They really encouraged me. Whereas I hadn't planned to be an entrepreneur. I had not planned to do, to have a side gig, but started um, creating marketing materials for speakers is where it all began. And then shortly thereafter, we created a directory online. Oh my gosh, 20 years ago, it was so rudimentary. Um, my husband's a, a creative mind and I, ha- I he helped me come up with a name. <laughs> It's going to be obvious, like that's the right name. But he said, well, right away, he said, what about directory of dental speakers, DDS? And I'm like, yes, let's do that. That's good. Yeah. And so we had our directory for years, which became a bureau over time. And, you know, it just kind of evolved into now I offer business advisory for speakers and consultants. We have our Speakers Institute, which is um, really a fellowship program. We have an annual meeting. We have lots of workshops throughout the year. It's just, it's really grown. So eventually, um, Catherine and I, I, my business became so busy and she had some different directions she was going in. You know, my own personal belief is it all unfolds how it should. And Mm -hmm. so at the right time, we just decided, you know what, we're going to have to like officially separate, but yeah, we still um, love so much. She's like a sister to me and do so much work together. So it's just, we just work differently. Yeah. And isn't it wild too, how you're having these conversations and and thinking back to when at, at the precipice of it, when everything changed for you and you went back to the beginning of your story and you said, people were just asking how I did things because yeah. that knowledge, we don't realize how much we know. Right. right? And, and then that became a course that you were giving one-on-one, essentially coaching. And then that turned into something else. So I always tell people, look to see what your zone of genius is and what you're really good at, because there's a lot of great potential there for you to, de- for you to develop some amazing things that people need. Yeah. And I think too, sometimes we think, well, can I charge for this? Does it make sense? I mean, will anybody buy it? How do I monetize it? You know, I think there's a lot of those little inner voices too. And 
for for me, it always goes back to I often say the best thing that our brain can do is pay attention to our gut. <laughs> you know, so if we if as we're mulling over the decision, well, could I? Should I? What if I did create a course? What if I did start consulting? What if I did whatever it is? I think the best thing we can do is pay attention to how we feel in our gut. Um, and if it's if we get tingles, if we get excited, if we feel like yes, I would say that that's a whispering of walk in that direction. This and something better will unfold. This or something better, I should say, will unfold. Walk in that direction, and you can't go wrong when you listen to your gut. That's yeah, but that is so, it. Always it always tells you before you even know, doesn't it? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> ever said I listened to my gut, and boy, was I sorry. Nobody's ever said that. That's why, it's true. But, yeah. That's why they call it the gut feeling. Yeah, <laughs> Listen yeah. to it. And then so you went and you, I think that that's funny, the DDS. That, that was a brilliant idea. I mean, I, was not, I love different levels. Does that still exist? No. <laughs> I, I still own domains though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let go of those domains. But um, we, what, what came from that was Dental Speakers Bureau for many years. And then um, now I folded the Bureau in with the Institute. So basically our members of our Institute are our bureau members. And so they receive those benefits of um, having connections with meeting planners that are not otherwise available. Wow. That's what a huge yeah. asset and value that is. Yeah, that's fun. So it's cool. you are, tell us more about, cause I, I don't, I'm asking and leading. I was going to ask something that I, I want you to tell us about the speaker Institute. What sure. is the speaker Institute? What do you do there and how do you help connect people? You know, um, the Speaker Institute, and maybe I could say too, I think this will help explain. So like my business is the dental speaker, uh, but ultimately at the core, as I was explaining, it, it all started with marketing. And the way I look at speaking and consulting is that speaking is one of the best activities you can do to be able to attract consulting clients. So really in a lot of ways, speaking is a marketing activity. Though we are educating, we are marketing ourselves by being the expert at the front of the room. Like when Kelly, when you stand in front of a group, they see you as this expert, this influencer, the person who has the solution to their problems, right? So so the whole idea, the premise of um, I should say premise, but like the objective with us in our business is to help speakers and consultants grow their businesses. And so one way is to get them in front of audiences so that they can be seen as that expert and deliver um, transformational education to be able to really help shift understanding and to be able to help um, mold lives. You know, it's really important what speakers do. So Dental Speaker Institute is a fellowship program. So uh, at its core, uh, really, Dental Speaker Institute is just the fellowship program that happens to have an annual meeting attached to it. But it's 150 uh, credit hours with almost 20. Well, next year, we'll have more than 20 speaker development experts in a wide range of topics that can help those who are not only speaking, but consulting um, gain the skills they need to develop their content, to be able to be a better educator, presenter, trainer, um, and to also understand better how to grow their business, how to how to do this in a way where they can um, make really good money, you know, where they can actually, many of the clients I work with transition out of dental practice that are clinicians that know they're getting to a point in their career where maybe their body's hurting or they see that they're heading toward retirement or they just want to work less hours or not work as hard there in the, in the clin um, clinically. 
And so they'll start speaking and consulting as a way to have a a transition plan for them eventually to come out of full-time practice or part-time practice eventually, but they don't have to leave the practice, but it's a pretty typical model. So Dental Speaker Institute and that fellowship program is a, I don't know of any other program like this where we have corralled, I guess you could say, all of these educators into one program. And so um, if you visit F. DSI for fellowship, DSI, FDSI curriculum.com. It'll take you right to the webpage. There's a document you can pop open. And, and honestly, that's a great place to shop for workshops. If you're looking to have some additional help as a speaker or consultant, or you want to get started, it's a great place. Um, I, I often think of that document as um, kind of like going to community college. You know how you can kind of pick a course here and there, but you don't really have to commit to the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, certainly use it that way. Um, to be able to uh, improve your education in certain areas. It's um, it's really my love offering to our industry. I, I don't really make money on that program, to be fully transparent. Um, there are, I have a couple of, of courses in it, but often I give them away <laughs> or we do them for like a donation to charity. Um, but really the the faculty are just, they, they bring their courses. It's really more a way of organizing. It's like that idea of the directory before. It's a way of organizing it to make it easier for speakers and consultants to be able to see where they can get some additional help to be able to grow um, in their field. That was a long answer. No, it wasn't. Not at all. It was, a, it was comprehensive. It was amazing. Um, so do you also prepare speakers for online as well as in person? So uh, to be able to educate virtually? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I find that we're doing less and less of that for meetings. So I imagine you're seeing that as well. It feels like so many of our meetings are going back to in-person, though. We, I don't think we'll ever get past having virtual workshops. And what I'm seeing with my clients and certainly in my business as well is like the small virtual workshop is so much stronger than it ever was before. I have five different workshops I offer right now throughout the year that are virtual, small groups. It makes it really easy as an educator to be able to um, nurture your existing community and to bring uh, value to them. When we have a virtual workshop, there's no meeting costs, there's no travel costs, just like mm-hmm. a low commitment. We can get together for three hours or two days but, you know, with, with some breaks in there. Um, it's a really great way to be able to educate. So many of the concepts that they teach at the, in, within our fellowship would apply. And we do have some courses that are specifically for the virtual. But I think it's interesting that it feels like we're doing less and less of that for our meetings, which is actually awesome. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, who I've talked talk to other folks too, that thinks that, you know, it's the other side where they're thinking that some of the, some of the person, you know, face-to-face meetings are sort of going down and then virtual oh. meetings are picking up. So I, it's interesting to hear perspective. And oh, so, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I think it's it's important to be prepared for both because you, you really don't know what you, what you're going to be asked to do. So it's it it sounds like you're developing in in both directions and offering that. I would say we're offering less and less in virtual though, honestly. I think like we had more courses in there before. I do have one or two in there now. Um I think part of that too is because if you're an established speaker, you probably have figured it out by now too, right? So it'd be more for the newer speakers. Yeah, it really is interesting. Here's what I would share as a planner myself, having been a planner for almost 20 years now of different meetings. um, There's so much that goes on 
in the background of that and the expense is huge. Like I think, I think most people don't understand all of those expenses. Uh, and so hybrid, this whole idea of having a virtual and an in-person, um, I feel really confident saying we're seeing a lot less of that because it's almost like ha- paying for two meetings. When you come down to your audiovisual costs, it's almost double. Yes. Um, so I see very few of those. And I, th- I think that's a good thing too, personally. So when people, when people come to your meetings and they have this experience with you, um, because I'm going to bring it back to you and they are, what are some major takeaways that, that kind of like, maybe if you qualify it as some things that people walk away and they say, I never knew that. Like, what are your top three things that people would talk about? Like, I never knew that as it relates to like being a a speaker or a meeting. So we have so many different meetings. I'm in my mind and I'm going to focus on, I'm going to focus on my most common workshop, kind of the starting place is called transfer my business. And it's usually people who are already at least have their toe in the pool. Like they may not already be swimming as a speaker, but they're like, I think I want to be a speaker and I want to figure out, is this for me? Can I make money? How does it all work? Um, or people who've been doing this for 30 years. And so from, from that, you know, I think sometimes one of the big um, ahas really is that speaking is a marketing activity. I think people don't always think about it that way. And all the different um, strategies that you can utilize to be able to spin off leads from your meeting without marketing in the room, right? Because we can't do that for it with CE. There are definitely restrictions, but there are so many ways to generate leads um, and and opportunities um, to be able to use, like to be able to catch email, capture email addresses, and it all goes back to nurturing and giving giving away content that they would have to email you for or. Um, you know, maybe have a drawing in the room or something where you, where you capture emails. But so that's what, that's one big aha. Um, what are three? Uh, <laughs> or even, even <laughs> well, I know that you do so much. And so, you know, when people come to my, some of my core lectures, they, they'll walk away and say, Kelly, I, I really am going to go and do bah, right away. You know, are there, are there things that they're like, key takeaways that people always tell you from your meetings or something that's sort of common? Uh, there's a, there are a lot, you know, and there's so many strategies. I, I would say some of the things that, that I know that most people are looking for, maybe if I can approach it from that standpoint, when, when someone comes to me, typically they're looking to get, to be able to book more speeches be able to book more speeches because ultimately they can see that there is that connection to be able to book more coaching clients or sell more online education. And so one of the answers for that would be to develop out the right type of materials. And I do have a website um, with examples. Uh, If I could, can I share that now? Sure. It's um, help me get booked. Dot com help me get book.com show examples of what a speaker packet is um, I, I anticipate you've seen this Kelly that you don't get very far in the industry without a meeting planner saying send me your packet and I yeah. find often people will reach out to me because they're like I don't know what this is that they're asking me for because they're just getting started um, it's definitely a term we use in the industry so those are that's one really common way that people come to me uh, another is that um, they're more um, experienced they've been a speaker and consultant for some time and they find that they their business is um, not generating what it used to and so frequently they're looking for ways to uh, breathe new life in 
and and understand everything keeps changing. You know, it, it just keeps changing. And so we have to keep our finger on the pulse and we have to look at our processes and our procedures and our strategies to make sure that it's, we're really still serving people where they want to be served. And so that's a piece that I find that um, some of the speakers I've worked with, you would recognize their names as being in the industry for maybe 20 to 30 years, but they're finding that what used to work didn't work as well to get booked or to attract consultants. And so that's another piece of it is like, well, what do I need to do now? Right. How can I, how can I modify my, my approach? That's important to look and say what, what isn't working and what right. could work better. That's, that's it. That's to yeah. be able to pivot and to grow on that. You know, the, really the focus of my business is business advisory. If we were going to boil it down, we have group coaching. We have a lot of different ways of one-on-one coaching there. I help people with building out curriculums or, um, you know, uh, symposiums or workshops or like, so many different w- ways that we can provide guidance. And so when, when they come looking for what's new and different, what should I, what should I be changing? What should I be modifying? There are so many, basically we would look at what have they been doing and provide input on what are we seeing there be success now, now, right now, what's happening right now that people are being successful with. What's your favorite part of how you help people? Um, getting to know them. That's, that's a super easy answer for me. It really is the time we spend together. I just truly feel that they're the most amazing people in this industry. And um, I, I know you and I share some similar like philosophical beliefs. And we just had a, my group coaching um, call this morning. We were just talking about this whole idea of attracting more of the right, or I'd say ideal fit clients, more of the ideal fit. And for me, the way I do that is to breathe gratitude um, daily about I'm so grateful I get to work with this person and people like this person I just keep because I really I, I just love the people I work with and what I find is by being grateful and really concentrating on the wonderfulness of that I just more and more of that is coming that's kind of like <laughs> basic law of attraction stuff right but it's like basically for me the big thing I love the most is just that I know that every day, when I have my chance to go to work in the other part of the house, <laughs> that I'm going to be able to spend the day working with people and helping them achieve their goals. And they're just people that are so amazing. They're people that give you grace. You know, like they don't expect perfection and vice versa, right? They're people that really want to serve at a high level. To me, that's important um, to have a servant heart, somebody who cares and loves others. And there's so much of that out there. They're, and they're people that just, it fills your buckets to spend time with them. So yeah, this, the people you're like the people, people. and they, really is. you're so right that, you know, whatever we we've had this discussion before, as all of our, my listeners probably know, you know, my feelings on this, of the gratitude journaling and we attract who we are. And that's what Vanessa is talking about. And people will say to me, are you for real? Like, does that really work? And it really works. It's like it. So like, if you, if you, if you say something you're grateful for, it attracts what you could be more grateful for. And if you're attracting drama or it just, 
if you if you're being dramatic, then it attracts more drama yeah. and, and more things to be concerned and worried about. Would you agree with that, Vanessa? Hundred percent. Is it okay if we talk about meditation? I would love it. Because like this is all like business stuff <laughs> we've been talking about. But like what I'm most passionate about is it, it are things like. Um, health and meditation. So for me in my meditation is I meditate daily for at least 15 minutes in the morning. And then again at night, um, I have a ritual that helps me calm down from my day or like get, or, you know, you're coming up you're, in the morning, sets a tone for your morning. And one piece of that is that I go through, um, I would say mantras, but it's really things like it reminds me, I'll say mentally, you know, um, today I will be happy, joyful. Um, kind. Today I will be grateful. And as I say those, I have these different things that I say as I'm just concentrating on my breathing. It, it helps me just it, like it gets you in this energy. It gets you in this place where you're in your heart. Um, and so there, where I think today I will be grateful. I start with like the room I'm in and the cats in the house and the people in the house. And like I spread outward and I think it just sets us up. There's something, there's truly something about like attracts like, and I don't know how to explain the the way it works, but um, we were talking today in our group coaching call about closing the cell. And I was saying that for me, it's all about mindset. And before you even hop on a Zoom call with a potential client, if you can just, the best thing you can do is again, to turn your attention down to your heart Focus on your breathing, like get yourself in this place of gratitude and service and love and say something to yourself like, um, if this is the right fit. So it's not like if it's in service to them, it's not like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to pay the rent. It's more of if this is a good fit for them, I would, and for me. It will unfold. And I think that however, whatever language people use, whatever philosophical or spiritual, um, you know, approach they would like to take with this, it's this idea of the very best thing we can do with our mind is to turn it to how we feel. And that will guide us on what we put in our mind, right? So if I'm feeling anxious, it tells me, okay, Vanessa, stop <laughs> and focus on your breathing and like calm that anxiety down. The key is, Kelly, we are in control. We think we're not. We think that all this other stuff is happening to us. <laughs> and it's, it's, maybe it's happening, but it's like how we respond is totally within our control. So gratitude, love, kindness allowing giving grace these are such these are like kindergarten principles really like things we learned when we were kids that we just we forget because we get caught up and we're running businesses and we got to make payroll and the patients are canceling and like whatever you know the things that are happening if we can get back to those basics i think that solves all the problems i 100 percent do is it that? Is it that easy? People will say, "Is it just that easy?" And it's like, try it, try it for yourself. You have to do it. It's you don't know. You don't know. It's simple, but it's not easy. How about that? I mean, it's simple, but what it is is like um, habits. Habits for me, it's habits. Like I know I don't want to eat after a certain period of night because I know my digestion slows down. I know I'm going to bed soon. I know that will put on extra weight, but the habit is reach for something. <laughs> so that's, that's the part that's maybe the hard work, but it's more, I think for me, it's more about setting 
the intention, like, what do we want in our life? What do we want from our businesses? And are we willing to hold ourselves accountable to um, performing these certain actions that we know others have performed to be able to, like, for instance, start speaking on the circuit because I know that will bring me more consulting clients. Or I know like stop eating after four o'clock at night because you're going to bed at eight. (laughs) Don't want the extra weight. You know, it's, it's, I I think it's that simple, but I don't think it's always easy. Mm -hmm. And you have to create an environment that makes the action easy for you to make it a habit because it's that you've got to, if you're trying to change something, you've got to make it easy for yourself to take that first step in that direction. Amen. Yeah. And it's so, um, yeah. And and so first thing is to get clear on what you want, what you want, want, and then to figure out how, you know, what it is you're going to do, what what it is you want to do. And then those next little baby steps on how you're going to get there and just chunk it down like habit by habit. And then you feel successful because it's that movement. It's that forward momentum. Isn't it just like stopping too? like when you recognize I'm out of balance, it's like, because I find myself like, okay, well, I've got to finish this email first. And I've got to do, like, if I would just stop and take that moment to either journal or like look at our list of what we said we want to do or meditate or however we can, we, I, I anticipate all of your um, listeners would know what works for them. Like in the past, what has helped them like get back to balance. If we would just recognize like it's an internal GPS. We're just going to talk about our gut this whole time. Apparently it's like, but there's this internal GPS that lets us know how we're doing. So if we would just remind ourselves, the most important thing I can do there is when it's signifying to me that I'm starting to head out of balance right now, it's time to stop and get back to my basics that I've outlined over here. I want we're in control. You can have, you can have the life of your dreams. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You're always at choice. Yes. For that. Yeah, that's wonderful. I know, Vanessa, you know that you and I could talk about this for three hours. (laughs) You guys, this is what we talked about one of the first times that we connected. And um, and that's, I think, a lot of our likeness and similarities other than love and dentistry and speaking of people and all the other things that we're similar on. But um, if people wanted more of you, how would they get in touch with you? Oh, thank you. Um, info at thedentalspeaker.com. If they visit our main website, thedentalspeaker.com, you would be able to find we, uh, Dental Speaker Institute. Where These are my old banners because my, my new one actually unraveled. But um, Weevolution is our new annual meeting. It's actually happening in May, uh, early May of 2023. Um, but everything's through, through the Dental Speaker. You'd be able to find access to all of what we do. Thank you for how you are empowering the industry to empower, to empower. And it's like that ripple effect of what you're doing and how you're connecting and contributing to the goodness in the world, Vanessa, truly. Thank you. Thank you. And and likewise, thank you for being such a bright light. And thank you so much for having me. It was really fun to be here with you. I can't wait. Well, you're so it's, it's my pleasure. It's my honor. And I can't wait to see you in person again. I'm not sure when that is, but uh, for all of our listeners, go visit the show notes, get in touch with Vanessa and to close this out. Thank you for everything that everyone is doing who is listening. I know that I have an amazing community of listeners and if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor, going to Apple and rating us five stars on Apple, please. And then also too on YouTube, we, the dental handoff is on YouTube, like subscribe and share with your friends who you love and have a great weekend. Everyone keep doing great things. Vanessa, thank you again.
Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone.